Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Punters, mate. It's Australia Day. The 26th of January 2024 comes around quickly. Happy Australia Day, Sam Highland. Thanks, Chris. Oh, uh, yeah, happy Australia Day to all the punters out there and everybody listening in the SEN Track family. And uh, I tell you what, uh, yeah, it's a big thing, isn't it, Australia Day? I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And uh, Well, uh, I was only thinking when I was uh, doing the form a couple of days ago for Australia Day uh, after being on trackside today is that uh, I had a good Australia Day. The one and only time, Chris, that I rode at Hanging Rock. Yeah. And would you believe I oh, rode three? I went there a couple of times. I, I, I rode three winners on this day. I walked in there. I'd heard um, plenty of negative uh, thoughts on opinions on, on Hanging Rock from, from different jockeys. And then uh, turned up, massive crowd. And uh, wow, wait, it's, uh, she's a crazy track. But, uh, but anyway, I had a bit of luck, so it was good. And I won the cup on a horse called Jangling Jack for James Riley. James Riley was a really good trainer. He's a uh, brother of Mark Riley. And, gee, he hasn't trained for a long time, yep. James. I think he's a property developer. or He's a big dog anyway. And uh, he, um, but he trained Jangling Jack. I think the best horse James trained was State Taj, who Taggart might have even ridden back in the day. Uh, it was a seriously good horse. Went over to Hong Kong and won one of those uh, big races in Hong Kong. She was a good horse. But, uh, yeah, Australia Day for me, that's uh, that's one of my, uh, oh, well, memories, best memories of Australia Day. But it's just it's good to be an Australian it's, and we live in such a lucky country, don't we, Chris? Oh. Where else would you rather be, Sammy? I mean, uh, we've got everything here. We've got freedom. We've got, a, we've got a lot going for us in this country, and I think people tend to forget that. However, that's another story for another day. Uh, Hanging Rock, yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Went there uh, as, a, as a punter going back quite a few years ago. It was a really good track. The great, great, um, it was a great atmosphere there on track, as a lot of those country meetings do. And as you say, it's a tight track, and... I tell you what, I don't know if you ever rode on some of those. You probably didn't, Sammy, because you're above this level, of course, being a champion Group One jockey. But <laughs> absolute, <laughs> as we said last week, absolute rubbish. Uh, uh, I went to some of those picnic tracks, and I worked with a bookmaker going back a long, long time ago. And uh, I tell you what, there was none more tired than Druin. I didn't think. Well, we well, I've never been to Druin, but I've heard it's got the golf course in the middle, hasn't it? Or- it, got, it has. Uh, yeah, I played yeah, I golf thought... there, and that was it. Yeah, it's it's got the golf course in the middle, and I played um, I played the golf course a couple of times as well. And you you look at the track because you're sort of playing in the golf. Well, the golf course intertwines between the rails and all sorts of things, and it's an experience. But I tell you what, some of those turns and the track would be no wider than the meadows. I'm sure of it. <laughs> oh well, that that. Uh... That makes for uh, interference and uh, injuries. Oh, shout out yes. to uh, Caulfield and their inside track. Must be, must be well on the way. The inside track, the goat track. It must be. Uh, <laughs> they must be not too far off launching the exciting meetings at uh, on the inside track at Caulfield. Wow, boy. Well, I might as well just had him at Druin or Yay or somewhere yeah, like that. That's but right. Anyway, they're a bit far from town now. Now, tell me. I know it would have been a busy week for you. Three. Uh, 
three little tackers going off to school, one for the first time. How did it all go? Oh, gee, it was good. And um, it was – look, Chris, I must say um, uh, with William and Charlotte, William's eight, Charlotte's seven, I never got emotional uh, or anything. But with Tilda, Matilda first day at school this year, I was like um, – I got a bit of a frog in the throat. I was like – I was a bit sad when I was oh. walking out. Nick, my Last my wife, my wife, Fit Nick, has told me to harden up. And I was like, righto. And uh, it's a bit <laughs> sad, though, isn't it? And and then, uh, yeah, she's too tough. She's too tough. But, it, uh, look, it's been really good. And I just dropped her off uh, this morning before uh, uh, coming in to record this. And, and uh, yeah, she said, Dad, are you going to work? And I said, just just for an hour till. She goes, will you pick me up tonight? I said, I definitely will. And... She said, I can't wait because we've got the day off tomorrow. I said, yep, it's all good. But just even stuff like, do you know what? Like tuck shop. You know, she's got the – my kids always get tuck shop on Fridays and uh, obviously uh, we've got the day off today. What is today? And and then, yeah, so having tuck shop, like the excitement this morning, hilarious. And, yeah, picking out what she wants. It was uh, – I tell you what, the tuck shop's a bit advanced yeah. since I was at school, Chris, I too. It's uh, it's got plenty to offer. Say, Sammy, do you still do you still write your number? Do you write your num- You write your order on the bag and put the money in the bag still? No, no. I tell you what, you do it online, and they bring it that they bring it oh. to your classroom. They bring it to your classroom. How good's that? Like, what? Oh, yeah, how good's that? Jeez, and, uh, slack, aren't they these kids? Oh, and then I, I'm going, I'm going, I'm saying to Nicole, we used, at some beads, we used to get hot dogs and jam donuts and. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, Cornettos and like, and yeah, it doesn't seem like, it seems like they've taken a healthy approach with the tuck shop these days. Well, the question is then, Sammy, why in those days we'll be skinnier than the kids of today if they're taking the healthy approach? <laughs> yeah, maybe because, we'll, maybe because we we used to play outside and ride our bikes down the street. And, exactly. Uh, now, nowadays, they sit on iPads the whole time, don't they? If, if you allow it. Yeah, I, I know my, my kids have uh, yeah, they've, they've had a ban on the iPad during the week. So there's only uh, certain times over the weekend that they get the iPad. And normally uh, when Nicole and I want to talk to each other, that's, that's when we give them the iPad. <laughs> and when's, and Which when's is an often semi? probably. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> Nicole's normally screaming at me. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. And having Turn the your, iPad uh, off. I want to scream at your father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> having met your three kids last Friday, they are very well behaved, Sammy. Very, very well behaved. Three lovely little kids. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Yep, we are very lucky and. Uh, Anyway, they're, they're, um, they've got plenty of cheek about them, so that's a good way to be. Yes. Yeah, probably get that from their, uh, from their mum, of course. I think course. so. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, kick on with some news. Uh, Magic Millions winner Storm Boy, Sam. He's going to be sold, and this deal could go through any moment now. But his value, the deal could be worth more than $50 million dollars which would make him the most expensive racehorse ever sold in Australia. Now, the breakdown of that is the winning bidder would need to fork out at least $15 million to secure the majority share of Storm Boy. If Storm Boy wins the Golden Slipper, another $25 million will be paid to the Colts' current ownership group. 
And then don't forget they're looking towards the Triple Crown in Sydney. So if they land the Triple Crown, there's another $10 million, uh, will be paid also. So $50 million possible outlay for uh, to get Storm Boy. Isn't that amazing? So uh, big numbers, huge numbers. And, yeah, it is, it is quite amazing. That, um, yeah. And... You know, shit, well, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Pop, they just do it so well, don't they? And and it's no surprise to see that horse yep. be as impressive as he was and then, bang, a deal's on the table, ready to go. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching for all involved. Well done. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's going to be very interesting to see how he measures up when we get close to golden slipper time, which is not far away, of course, but... Yeah, everything, all the numbers, everything that people put up on social media seems to be pointing to him being a super horse. So we'll just see what happens down the track. Now, uh, friends of the Darling Dowlow, who uh, we haven't really had on for some weeks now, hopefully he'll be back shortly, but uh, friends of the show, Maddie Sears and Tony Sears, they've got Bo Dazzler going across, to, well, they've gone to New Zealand to tackle the Caracamillions uh, on Saturday, tomorrow afternoon, or night time, I think it is our time. Yeah, I've been following uh, Maddie's uh, Instagram stories and, and uh, obviously the horse Bo Dazzler over there. She's travelled with, Maddie's travelled with the horse uh, over to New Zealand and uh, it's great to see. I mean, very good trainers, Tony Sears and Maddie Sears. They're, they're um, you know, they're, they're very strong, uh, stable uh, wherever they go and, and I think it's fantastic that they're taking yep. the horse over for the Caracamillions they were very active at the sales last year, and I'm sure they'll be active again uh, this year. And uh, big supporters of of the Caracas sales, and and yeah, it's great to see them them uh, having a runner in this race. Uh, I don't think he drew so well, did he? I think uh, no, he drew car park. Yeah, but anyway, you never know. They can they can win from anywhere. And uh, I tell you what, Campbell Brown. The brown dogs over there for the Cracker Millions uh, with Bossy's yep. bucket list and and uh, uh, Glenn Boss and, and Damien Oliver they'll be they'll be up for a big weekend I would have thought Chris so it's it's a fantastic uh, meeting <laughs> the whole week uh, at Caracas is is outstanding the 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 New Zealanders just do it so well beautiful horses and um, yeah I'm sure there'll be superstars coming out of that sale that's for sure. Always is. Now, Antino, uh, one of the better horses from Tony Gollan's stable, and he's got plenty, is back in work. Trials in February uh, resumes on the 1st of March. Target will be the Doncaster, third up from a break. So that's uh, an update with Antino. King of Sparta, a horse who uh, we know well up here. Of course, he was uh, dominant winning on Magic Millions Day at the Gold Coast. He's likely to head to the Quokka. One of your favourite races, Sammy, in mid-April, the Quokka. That'll be a that'll be a good strong field. That one's worth plenty of money, and there'll be plenty of horses heading across to the west. Uh, that'll be exciting times over there in the uh, in the west. Uh, Rothfire's gone for a break. No surprise there. He will be back for the futures, so the future sprint races in the winter. Uh, the races such as the Ten Thousand, the Kingsford Smith, and etc. will be on the agenda for Rothfire. So. Just some updates there of some of our uh, better horses as they uh, sort of go into a bit of a quiet time. A lot of them up here, uh, but there's a few others that will be venturing south. So there we go. Now let's just have a bit of a chat, Sammy, about something that's a bit topical at the moment. Now it was topical for me because it was very, very hot. On Sunday and Monday, Sam, as you would well know, 
Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunny Coast, anywhere in Queensland, it was absolutely stifling. And I would say it's the warmest it's been since I've been here. People were telling me, locals, that that's as hot as it gets. The humidity was up. The heat was up. It was oppressive on uh, Sunday and Monday. Now, it just got me thinking about horses. And uh, as you know, I've got a small share in a horse with Kelly Schweder, and we get a an audio every now and again when the horse is in work and she's back in, in light work. And he said that he's gone pretty easy on uh, all the horses this week because of the heat. Uh, some obviously handle it. Some obviously don't. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's like, uh, it's like humans, isn't it? Some people uh, yep. uh, can, can handle the heat uh, better than others. And, and uh, yeah, I would imagine for, for some horses, it's, it's pretty uncomfortable and horses that, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not uncommon to see a horse sort of sweating just standing in the corner of his box and and sweating on a on a hot day. And obviously, the humidity is is really tough. Um, you know, we see horses, those horses uh, in the Asian countries um, uh, over in Hong Kong and and Singapore, and that you know can get really um, really really hot and stifling conditions, and they're in air conditioned boxes and. Um, they have it all laid on, but even still, when they have to come out and race or, or work in the mornings, um, it's pretty tough on them. So yeah, it's it's an interesting one, but you know, I, I would think that it's sort of up to the trainers um, to just monitor how their horses handle it, and and yeah, I, you don't have to do much with them at this time of the year when we get really hot conditions like this. I know Andrew O'Toole said that um, from from Darwin that um, uh, the horses up there at this time of the year they can go to the races and get the puffs and it's a um you know it's to do with the hot weather and the humidity and how the horses and they have to sort of send them south because they're just not effective racing in these sort of conditions so it's something that um yeah it's uh, you know horses uh they're not motor cars are they you know they don't just just go in any conditions and and uh something that we have to be really mindful of and and uh, as as you say, we've had a couple of days that have been really hot. What Emerald got called off, wasn't it this week? I think it got transferred yeah, Emerald was to off on th- Tuesday. That was thirty nine, no thirty nine forty degrees. So they just cancelled that meeting, uh, abandoned. Yeah. So that won't be being held anywhere else. Just just quickly though, let's go to the other end of the scale. Let's have you ridden in freezing cold conditions? <laughs> other than uh, well, Ballarat is. They're obviously the coldest place on earth. Um, not really, but it, but it felt like it sometimes <laughs> in, in uh, winter. Can, you know, I can remember uh, back in the day when I was started out riding and going to Ballarat and you would be riding in the last race and it was nearly dark, sleet, rain falling, um, you know, you, you you pulled up after a race, and you and your fingers, you had to like pull your fingers away from the reins, and then you couldn't straighten your fingers. Oh. It was that cold, brutal conditions at Ballarat throughout winter, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if they they um, yeah, well they still do, don't they? Because they use that uh, plastic track at Ballarat these days, so that they get they get cold days uh, for sure going going through the winter at Ballarat, and but that that so, I reckon that's about the coldest. That I've I've ridden in, and um, yeah, it's not ideal. Not ideal. Does that affect the horses? Not really. I don't. I don't, no. I don't think so. Um, I think uh, yeah. yeah. It's you know I've never I've never known. Yeah, I've never. Um, you know, on a hot day where you've known a horse to come into the mounting yard and dead set and melt, and 
and and go to pieces and and then you know run as flat as attack and and you sort of come back and go well I think the hot weather's just taken too much out of it and it got itself that wound up before the race and sweated profusely and and just didn't handle uh, the hot weather. But on a cold day, yeah, I don't, I don't remember any horses coming into the mounting yard shivering, uh, and and um, yeah, their their lips being stuck together be, because of the cold weather. So I couldn't <laughs> use that as an excuse. But uh, uh, yeah, I've I've been to um, I've been to the races over in Cheltenham um, a couple of times when it's uh, snowed on the first day. Uh, I remember I remember Whoa. two Cheltenham festivals on the first day. It snowed and it was like minus two. And um, yeah, and I used to think, geez, imagine if you're struggling for a weight and and you're riding these horses going out in, in a you know thirty five hundred meter hurdle and uh, you've just got your vest and your colours on. Oh my god, you just oh, it'd just be brutal, brutal. But Chucky's still well, they're tough customers. What about uh, just quickly? What about Sweden? You see some of those uh, harness races yeah. come through on. Um, on Sky during their winter, and God, it's just covered in snow. It looks absolutely freezing. But uh, well, anyway, I imagine uh, those shoes have um, spikes on them. I reckon those horses that race in the snow, the, the shoes have <laughs> have spikes on them. And th- this, um, you know, without sounding like a downer, but uh, I tell you what, you know, these jockeys that suck up about visibility and. Have a, have a look at those conditions, what they race in in Sweden yeah. when they're racing on snow. Like, come on, tough it up. Yeah, it's like an ice rink. Ice rink. <laughs> uh, now, today's guest will be Ben Thompson, who's got some really good rides uh, tomorrow at, uh, at Sunshine Coast, where our feature meeting is tomorrow, of course, with the running of the Sunshine Coast Cup, the listed Sunshine Coast Cup. So we'll chat to Ben in just a moment. But remember, racing action continues every day across the sunshine state check out racingqueensland.com.au for where queensland is racing today and i can tell you today we raced because it was australia day we raced at eagle farm kilcoy and mariba tomorrow we race at the sunshine coast mentioned ipswich also and then sunday we go to cairns weather permitting i know the cyclone's heading up that way i think we're going to miss most of it now sammy it looks that way but up north uh, they will get plenty of rain so just keep your eyes on that meeting for cairns on sunday what about a shout-out to Will Holbert, who I heard won the putter on Patton Heels' show uh, yesterday morning. Will Holbert training really? horses, riding work, and then had enough time to ring up and win the quiz and, and took away a $400 putter <laughs> on you, Will. <laughs> well done. I don't know what sort of putter Will is, but it'll no doubt improve his game. <laughs> Jack said, uh, look, Jack said he was definitely Googling too. And I'm going to say, I think he was Googling. I think he was Googling. Yeah, I think everyone <laughs> does these days. If, you, if you're not seen, if you're not doing it in a public place or in like a trivia night, then you just Google away. Everyone does. Tap, tap, tap. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, one man who I think would have thought that he was in paradise was Ben Thompson. And I'll explain why in just a moment. But Ben, a good afternoon. Well, good morning to you. We are catching up with you uh, earlier than we normally would. Good morning to you. Good morning, Chris. Now, my reasoning for saying that was when you jumped in that last race at Eagle Farm last Saturday, 
and found the front on Freedom Rally and had an absolute picnic, you must have thought this is paradise. You must have been giggling. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. But um, it was obviously it was um, it was noted that it's the class galloper in the race. Like no disrespect to opposition, but the sort of his recent or I guess his record that he was putting together five wins from ten starts, three at Saturday grade, a second to start before behind Tamerlane and beaten home zoo style. He think how it gave obviously myself connections and those who were following him a lot of confidence pre-race, but it was just running the mile. Um, which was obviously the first time that he was tested at it. And as you know, like albeit four and under two a mile, it doesn't seem like a big change. But for a horse like him that races on the speed, can travel quite, can at times can travel bold in his races, he had to do things right, I think, to be effective, given, you know, there were horses that he was up against that had been proven over 2,000 metres, a horse like Chopping the Spree that was second up, has a great second up record, is a winner at the course in trip. And is a winner of 1,800. So I still think he, like, he had to do things right. But if he'd done things right, it looked like he'd be too good and um, were able to control things from the front, and um, he proved just that. Ben, I'm a fan of Petunia, and uh, I thought it was a bit, little bit disappointing the other day at Eagle Farm, second up. I want, is, it, is, is that a go to sit up on speed like that, or is she better suited when, when she gets a solid tempo and maybe she can find her feet? Uh, was, there, was there any excuses for her? I think, yeah, for sure, Sam. As you said, like just being up on the speed, I, the way things panned out, it looked a race that eluded tempo, Betcha the Crown looked the only sort of on pace or on paper, and we figured that, uh, albeit, you know, she's now second up, she's got a good second up record, has went well at the, at the course before. We, we didn't think that, we thought it'd be too hard for her to, let's say, get back last in that race, in a race that looked like it would, you know, lack a bit of speed and win from there, so we're hopeful to land midfield um, in the field of nine, and unfortunately it just didn't happen. It really says a bit about uh, the lack of tempo in the race when Petunia sitting second and Elberg sitting third. Uh, though it just didn't, it, that just wasn't the suitor of the first, or I guess the closest that she travelled in races. She did sit three pairs back, um in June of this year and finished within two lengths of Antino. Um, but it just wasn't the same for Alyssa having to make the play or having one horse to chase rather than having cover. I think if we were even in Elberg's position, if we were third, fourth and just had some cover, it may have it may have been a different result for her. Um, so like, and take, take the Quinella out of the race. She really hasn't been beaten far for third. I think she could definitely be excused and um, I'd keep following her if I was, if I was you. I'll ask you about another one, Ben, and that was uh, Bedford Square. I know this mare doesn't win very often, but I thought she looked beautifully placed. And kudos to you. You had her in a striking position. So often she's so far back in her races and she, she's running on late, all too late, but you just had her travelling and uh, she was going to win that race a long way from home. Yeah, she was. It worked out perfectly. Um, obviously, the, I, we, our plan was well, she'd... she'd it was six weeks between runs, but she'd had a jump out um, 12 days before, 11 days before the race at Deegan, and she jumped out lovely. Uh, there was already some form out of the race with um, the stable mate winning uh, twice on Sunday, winning the, the night before or the day before at the Sunshine Coast and in the competitive race. So they gave us confidence. Um, she Bedford Square finished third in that jump out twice on Sunday, finished second. 
though she just the plan the plan was well just to have her in a comfortable rhythm. It's sort of every time Jack and Connections are planned for her to be closer, she's began awkwardly. She just she can be unreliable from the barriers. Um, so she stepped great. Or I would have sort of made use of her beginning good, and it just seemed to sort of race that if if she got back far, or let's say gave the leaders a long start, which she generally does, it'd be too hard to run down um, Iola and the horse of um, Chris Lees that was going to be up on the speed. So um, they've run second and third, but after only giving them, let's say from the from the 400, we're only giving them oh, two lengths at. Um, with 53 kilos, it was going to make it. Or it, it seemed, yeah, um, a good thing that we we're going to we we're going to run them down. Have, well, having a look at your. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, you go. Uh, we're going to go through Ben's rides at the Sunny Coast. Definitely, yeah. You can kick right. it off. Good, because uh, I'm a big fan of this horse. Ringer's reward in the uh, first race. Gee, I reckon it'll be hard to beat. I reckon it's well placed in this race. Yeah, great, Sam. She's she's a model of consistency. She's put together a really good record. Albeit she's won the two races, all of her runs in defeat have had a stack of merit. Like you look at her, she's had four runs this prep, hasn't missed the top three. She was strong late at provincial grade um, first up, and then finishing, you know, coming from second last and just missing Torquay T, which is continuing continued to run well this prep. Um, and then she was obviously she was stakes place at Group Three grade finishing. Third behind uh, Soprano and Crazy also uh, ran really well last Saturday with 59 and a half kilos, um, so, and and been beaten by Fortune, who's won three from three, looked really progressive, looked five lengths back from second to third as well. So she's on the week back up. There's two boxes she needs to tick, and I think it's being on the week back up. She's ran really good with her race at 10 days apart. That's just how she goes, I guess, on a on a seven day back up. Um, so now that she's fit, obviously Kevin Kemp's an astute trainer and he wouldn't be running ever. He didn't think that she'd run well. He had this race in mind too before before the run last Saturday, which also gives us confidence. It's not as though it's just a spare-of-the-moment decision. So she's drawn well. I think if she runs the mile, uh, she'd be too good at just doing that. And now back to 57.5, I think it's a big tick. I just felt as though that weight, hey, fortunately, may have, may have kept finding a way to hold us last Saturday, but... Um, given we gave it two and a half kilos, uh, I feel as though the weight drop's going to be right in her favour on um, on Saturday. Uh, race number three, you're riding Party Spirit for Rob Heathcote. Uh, she's been flying this prep. She really has... Uh, the pennies dropped with her. She loves the Sunshine Coast too. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. You, I mean, you couldn't have summed it up better. Uh, she's always had the talent and she took a while to break her maiden status. I'm sure it's no surprise to Rob, Team First Light, and the team that she once she did win a maiden, and then she was able to string a couple more together. She's won, or she's won three from four this preparation, and yeah, she's flying. Last part she was a great run, running third uh, at the half a million dollar Magic Millions Cup Country Cup race. Um, obviously, Zumidio's a, a top horse in his own right, and um, she was a great run. She just yeah, she's going from strength to strength. Um, she looks well in, you know, at Saturday grade, albeit that's only a second attempt at Saturday grade. She looks really well in today. Um, she does rise at quite a bit in weight. She goes up, she's at 52 and a half kilos uh, her last start and now goes up to 58. So she's not giving many of the opposition much weight. So 
Um, she's a filly that'll be able to make her own luck, and from a good draw, she should get her chance at um, breaking through at this level. Race four, you ride too much class, who's been making good improvement with each run. So you'd think fourth up at the mile, this is a good race for it. Absolutely, Sam. I think that's the biggest thing now that she's got the runs under her belt. Each run that she has had too, like there's been merit to it. Um, at Doombin, she ran well in a strong race to Jarky. who won the race. Was, I think that was, that was a third consecutive win that day. Um, and we were back and had to sort of swoop wider on the turn, which isn't easy to do at Doombin. Um, she kept finding the line nice. Was another good run at Eagle Farm. She's finished seventh of ten, but there was a stack of merit. Um, and then she was a good run, narrowly beaten at Mwillenbar last start with a big weight. So drops down to 56 kilos. Again, like, like most of the races this time of year, there's not a lot between um, competitors, which obviously makes it harder to find the winner. Uh, though I think from barrier two, in her backyard, we've been trained at the sunny coast. Um, hopefully it's her day. Like the mile reads really well for her. Uh, the track stays soft. It's not going to not going to hinder her chances at all. And obviously the Jack Bruce camp's um, flying. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to sitting on her again. I'm going to go to race six. Um, Golden Boom, number five. Uh, one of Tony Gollan's uh, stable stars. He probably needs to stand up on Saturday, and I think he will here. He looks beautifully placed against this opposition, uh, and, and no doubt that first up run would have brought him uh, along condition-wise. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited to be sitting on him. The first time that, I'll, that I will have thrown my leg over Golden Boom. Um, but obviously, he's a, he's a very exciting horse. Uh, Tony Golan doesn't wrap up um, runners for the... He's... he's team members for the sake of it he's he generally when he gives a horse a spruik he's, he's spot on so he was an awesome run first up um one thing i thought to make note like he finished third in the big field syndicate million dollar race at um on magic millions day so those horses that all beat him home were very race fit like uh better get better was a fourth run of the prep prince of booms third run of the prep with a trial in between runs and Derry Grove was obviously rock hard fit, having travelled to um, Sydney this preparation as well. So to run third, sitting up on the speed, he was oh, well, he was the best of the on paces. Albeit better get set, followed him or sat behind the leader, um, Prince of Boom, and has run second. He did just have to absorb pressure, sort of slide up mid race to sit second. Um, so there's a stack of merit. He's obviously he's a winner at the course and trip, and. Um, drops in weights as well, so a lot of the a lot of the opposition he's up against seem more you know 1200 meter types. Um, he's he's probably proven you could say to be the fastest horse in the race, and I think if he if he runs up to his first up run or, or takes natural improvement, he's going to be yeah, very hard to hold out. Race seven, you ride uh, Aussie Nugget. This horse has been good at, at each run. This preparation, uh, you've been with him the last two. 1,800 looks his go. Daniel Ganji's in this horse. I went to school with Daniel Ganji. Uh, best of luck to, to the Ganji family. I think they're the best electricians in uh, in Australia. And i tell you what, this is he's a good chance this Aussie. Yeah, hopefully it's um, it's fourth time lucky. He's, he ran good first up, um, short of his best trip. Obviously a run to kick off in over 1350. Um, I would narrowly beaten... Second up to Indifference, who went on to run well at midweek grade after that. Um, and then he was he was below par 
but um, I'm sure that there, there was there was things that come to light post race um, with his with his airways um, sitting in the stewards report. So hopefully, I think we can put a line through his last start. Um, he's ran second at the course before. He needs one thing about Aussie Nugget. There's I'm sure there's no doubting. Let's say on ability, he's as, he's as good as anything in the race. It's just a matter of everything going to suit Aussie Nugget to get his head in front. Um, he's always he generally uh, runs very well. Um, I think like most of these horses, they they sort of at a stage now where they're high in the ratings and need everything go right to win. So hey, hopefully it's his turn uh, on Saturday. All right, Ben, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we've run out of a bit of time. We've gone over a little bit there, but wanted to ask you before you go. Now, I read and heard last week that Steph's making a comeback. Is this comeback to track work first and then riding, or has she already been doing track work? Yeah, she's already been doing track work. She's on the on the way back. She's um, been riding track work, I think now it's her it's eighth week of riding track work, so she's got a great foundation there. She's taken a very steady and hasn't sort of earmarked dates or anything um, to add any pressure. She's just gone along and uh, let her body, or have have her body let her know when when the time's right to up the ante. Um, she's ridden yep. in a handful of trial meets now, and um, excuse me, she's she's pretty well as forward as can be without having a race ride yet. So um, she's nearing a race return. Uh, I think at this stage, I could see her at the races next Wednesday. So um, she's oh, ticking wow. on great, and most importantly, she's, she's, she's loving being back in the saddle. So she's, yeah, strong. She Even, albeit, like, she's, she's just carried a baby and, and given birth, naturally she was very fit sort of leading into pregnancy, and um, we live on acreage, so that's kept her fit during and, and post-pregnancy as well. So no, she's going well, and um, she can't wait to be back race riding. And... Ben, another income won't help, won't do any harm either. Always helps, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, it'll be it'll be great to have her back. <laughs> All right, we better catch up with her at some stage in the next few weeks. Ben, best of luck on uh, on Saturday. I uh, hope you have a great day in the saddle. You've got some terrific rides, uh, and you always ride well at the Sunshine Coast. So, best of luck, and we'll catch up with you shortly. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks, Sam. Hi, this is Arnold. This is the punters, mate, on SEN. Sausage time, Sammy. Now, we'll do this, but after this, I need to have a chat to Cohen to find out where he got that last song from that we went into the break with and who Arnold <laughs> the instructor is. <laughs> so you've got some explaining to do, but before All we right. get to there, have you got a sausage for me, Sammy? Uh, I don't know. What about, did, where did Anna Curry, that, it got beat, that hurt me during the week, wasn't it? Anna Curry? I reckon it Anna Curry? Well, while you look that up, what? I've got, yeah, I've got something yours? different. The last race at Doombin on Wednesday was won by a horse that ran third at Bell. Bell, B-E-L-L, -L, its last start. 
You've been to, have you ridden there, Sam? Never, never. But I've heard... Uh, no. It's I reckon a, Grubby's ridden it, Val. I reckon Grubby's ridden it, Val. Doesn't... Uh, um, I think... Um, what's... Uh, who, I know something about Val. I don't know what it is. I didn't help with much. It's all right. Yeah, did I? <laughs> no. Selling Sunset won the last race at $26. Beat Russian Mystic at 13 King of the Desert, 61 I'm going to say any horse out of that race that couldn't beat Selling Sunset because it came or came from a third at Bell last start is a sausage. So I'm going Ooh. to declare all those horses bar Selling Sunset sausages. They looked a terrible race on paper and it panned out that way for the punters. So bookies dropped a lot. I couldn't find anything that stuck out in the sausage pile over the last seven days. So that's it. I'm going to sausage pile a whole race bar the winner. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. I, I haven't got a, a standout this week, but it's been tough enough. I tell you, I did uh, I did mm. Gatton during the week, and that was uh, I, I found a couple, but there was a few that hurt me. So uh, can go like that though. Yeah, Gatton. It can. Now, uh, Cohen Arnold, instructor, please explain. Okay, so the bloke's name is Luke Million. Uh, he's been around for a little little while. Uh, but yeah, whipped that one together a few years back and uh, gave it a run on Sports Day this week with a mixed bag of reactions. So I just thought I'd uh, get uh, some feedback off you fellas too. <laughs> it's actual Arnie Schwarzenegger. Right. He's just sampled him over the ah. cut. Yeah, so it's different. It's good gear, Sam. Yeah, good gear. yeah, good gear. I like it. All right. Yeah, All right, you win some, you lose more <laughs> for free and confidential support. Visit Gambling Help Online. .org.au. Uh, something I didn't meant to mention at the top of the show, guys. Uh, Sammy and I, being ex-Victorians, uh, aren't really into our our league. I went to play golf on went Tuesday afternoon, it was. Walked into the pro shop, and there's this bloke in front of me, and he was just huge. I thought, God, how's the size of this guy? He's massive. And uh, he sort of turned around a little bit, and he was a, he was a Maori. Um and he's had arms like tree trunks and the rest of him was just massive. And I thought, this bloke's just going to... So I didn't think anything of it. But <laughs> with me standing behind him, I would have looked about three foot tall. <laughs> anyway, um, out he go. I went out to uh, catch up with a couple of guys I was playing with from New South Wales and said, oh, did you see the Broncos players are here? <laughs> I said, oh, that makes sense now. So I happened to be standing... I, I was standing behind Payne Haas. Oh, I didn't even know. Wow. There you go. He's he one was of the, he, he's one of the I don't biggest know how in the those... NRL. Yeah, I mean, how do they, How could you possibly tackle those guys to the ground? I, I don't know how they'd go down. You just hang on, mate. You just hang on. You just throw yourself. <laughs> you just throw yourself there, and you hang on. You, gotta, you just do what you and can. And if one of the, if he was coming towards me and tackled me, I wouldn't survive. Oh no, God no, God no. How, no. Did he hit the ball? Or did, you see, did you see him tee off? I didn't see. I didn't see. Oh. I didn't see him tee off, but. Uh, wouldn't matter how he hit the ball. He wasn't going to get any uh, abuse from me, that's for sure. I would have said good <laughs> shot if he hit in the water. <laughs> you chicken. All right, let's catch up with, uh, let's catch up with Gibbo. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. We can't get hold of Gibbo, Sammy. We uh, can't seem to uh, catch him at this stage, but we've still got a few minutes left of the show, so we might be able to uh, get hold of him. But at this stage, let's run through our best bets for Saturday 
and anywhere else you'd like to go, it's uh, at Eagle Farm, etc. Let's say Sunshine I... Coast, etc. Eagle Farm was last week. Yeah, well, I have come armed with value. And yes, Ooh. I am tipping him, my mate, Winnie, Winston oh, not again. $23. You can get this rooster, I tell you. Well, He'll jump, lead, and win. He, they won't catch him. They won't catch him. No buck, no buck jumping this time? No, nah, he, just, he just does it every now and then. But he's got a good pilot on. Kyle Wilson-Taylor will give him a kick in the belly. And he will go to the front, and he will just keep rolling. I love him. Winston Smurfield, he gets the money. Race four, number 10. And then race eight, number five, Chatty Lady. Now, best of luck to Colin Edmonston. Uh, CJ, I met him during the week or last week uh, and was lucky enough to go to the Albion Park Greyhounds with CJ and watch one of his greyhounds run third there. He's a real character. He's uh, in the ownership of this horse, Chatty Lady. He tells me he's the best greyhound tipster in the world. Uh, but we had a lot of fun, plenty of laughs. And, uh, well, you know when Nathan Grubby Day is in town, uh, it's always it's always a laugh a minute. And, yeah, we had a ball uh, last week, so it was pretty funny. But best of luck to CJ, who's got Chatty Lady in the big one on uh, Saturday. I actually agree with you, Sammy. I think she's really well placed. I think she's she's one of my best of the day. Oh, uh, wow. If we get, Nine bucks you yeah, can get, if we it, get I reckon. I know. And if we get some of that rain, which I don't know that we are or we aren't now, it's hard to work it out which way this cyclone's going. It certainly wouldn't do her chances any harm, and it'd probably do her chances the world of good. But she comes through stronger form with Tamerlane and, uh, and Zoo Style. Comes out of the buffering. She was running on well there. I think she's nicely placed, Chatty Lady. I think she'll be steaming down the outside. That crown of the track will probably be pretty popular there uh, on Saturday. So I think she's great value. Race eight, number five, Chatty Lady. Agree with you wholeheartedly. I'll go back to race one, number two, Ringer's Reward. Ben Thompson did mention this one. I think it's an average field, apart from Ringer's Reward, who's got um, some black-type form, and 1,600 metres is what the horse is looking for. So I think Ringer's Reward will win the first. You can get black figures. We'll be doing okay there. Uh, Golden Boom, look, I know he's short. He's around $1.60 or so, but he's just lengths better than anything else in that race. He's an absolute certain, not a certainty, but he's, I nearly said it. He's a good Oh, chips in way. for Chris o, Chips no, in. Well, he will be chips in. But, I mean, at that price, you know, I can't go running around sprouting chips in. But, look, he just crosses to the fence. He's fitter. I know Tony Gollan did say that uh, he wanted to in? get two trials in. Race six, number five. He wanted to get two trials into him before he had that run at the Gold Coast, but he couldn't. So he's had a race and a trial now and, and meets inferior opposition. So all things being equal, he should bolt in, Golden Boom. I like, bolt I like the nine, para, the uh, local horse. I like Poseides. Yeah, yeah, I like that. McCall's, it'll get way Matt back, McCall's. Sammy. It'll give him a big start. It's okay. But, it's okay. It'll come home like a happen. rocket. Well, it may well do and run second. Uh, race nine, <laughs> number one, Hatchet. I love this horse. He's a ripper, Hatchet. He, uh, he didn't have a lot go his way last start. So he forgive that and go on uh, his first up run when he mowed down the leader. I think it was Bo Rumble on that occasion and was uh, was way too strong. So so Hatchet for me in the last. So race one, number two. Race six, number five. Race eight, number five. Race nine, number one. Have you got anything uh, down south at all, Sam? Uh, no, I haven't had too much of a look. For, I'm not working... Um... Uh, I just worked today, so uh, not working yep. over the weekend. So I haven't had uh, haven't had much of a look, but um, 
Yeah, got hurt during the week at uh, Sandown. So that was uh, started the day well and and uh, finished with a third. Oh, the pain. But anyway. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> at least your last race wasn't won by a horse that ran third at Bell at its previous <laughs> start. Uh, now, our friend Anthony at South Australian Horse Racing Tips on Twitter or X had a big week last week. He tipped three winners and a second. He had five selections. The first three won, and he got a second as well. So he's flying along. And if you want to follow Anthony, I certainly would. He's at at south underscore tips. That's at south underscore tips. Morfittville on Saturday the 27th. Race two, number two, H. D'Amico. The win. No doubt being named after that streaker in the grand final. Was it, the, uh, was it Richmond Carlton grand final? That was Helen D'Amico. So H. D'Amico would be named after that particular lady, I'm sure. Race five, number one, in my room. Race seven, number six, here we go, Dummel Glass. Race nine, number 10, H2O. What? And race 10, number seven, exactly, Myrtle Creek. So race two, number two, the win. Five, number one, the win. Seven, number six, each way. Nine, number 10, the win. And 10, number seven, each way. Uh, we couldn't get hold of Gibbo, Sammy. He's, uh, you know what he, where he is and what he's doing? He's in a conference call, all to do with his upcoming boxing bout. No, he's, he's well, a... this is important. This is important. Yep. He's in a conference call yep. on the golf course. Come on. <laughs> well, that was last week, I think, or the week before. But, well, look, they could be doing it from the golf course, but apparently they're talking boxing. You know what? We'll find out about that next week, whether that's true or false. How much time we got left, Cohen? We must be just about out. 14 seconds, mate. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy your Australia Day, what's left of it. Sammy, all the best. We'll catch you all next week. Bye, dear Chris. Out. Yeah.